Uh, this morning I want to continue on my series, The Life and Ministry of Jesus Christ, Part 89. And uh, so, at His coming, that is my theme this morning, and what's happening when Jesus comes. We know all, Jesus is coming back, amen? He is coming back, I believe it, because the Bible says so. And what the Bible says has always been proven, and that's so important. I continue on uh, that preaching, the series of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, from Luke chapter 19, the verses 11 to 27. Luke 19, 11 to 27. While they were listening to these words, Jesus went on to tell a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, and then returned. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas, and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves, to whom he had given them money, to be called to him, and so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared, saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing, and you are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, You mina master has made five minas. And he said to him also, And you are to be over five cities. Another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you have not sown. He said to him, By your own words I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did, not, did you not know that I am an exact man taking up what I did not lay down, and reaping what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have collected with it interest. Then he said to the bystander, Take the minna away from him, and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to Master, He has even ten, even what he does have. Oh, I'm in a uh, wrong um, verse. Verse 25. And they said to him, Master, he has ten minutes already. I tell you that to everyone who has, more shall be given, but for the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. Every word you said, Lord, is the truth. And I thank you this morning, Lord, that you will help us by your Holy Spirit to understand your truth. And I pray, Lord Jesus, give grace to speak your word and also to listen to your word and also to act upon your word. 
in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus is coming soon. And very interesting, this parable reminds us another parable, and we find it in Matthew chapter 25, the verses 14 to 22. Now, we might think at first it's the same parable, but these are two different parables altogether. And they have many things in difference. And there are about ten different things about that parable in Matthew 25 and here in Luke chapter 90. Jesus taught actually two different parables at two different times and two different places with two different meanings. We mustn't do the mistake and say, well, it's the same parable. But there are two different parables. And Jesus wants us to understand this parable as well. Now, there was a great expectation among all those who followed with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. And everybody thought, now, now is the day that Jesus, perhaps, He will reveal his kingship and announced that he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus doesn't need the uh, excitement of any person. Amen. He is going to be king when he is going to be king. Whether you say it, you want it or not, he is going to be king when the time is there. Amen. He came into this world, and we read very clearly in Galatians, when the time was fulfilled. Now, which time was supposed to be fulfilled? Our people say, oh, well, the, the, the time was filled because the Roman Empire was so widely extended. There were roads everywhere, and that meant it was easy to do and spread the news. No, no, the time was fulfilled when the Father said yes. And he sent his son when the time was fulfilled. We are not influencing God's time. Did you know that? God's time is God's time. And it's good if we match our life according to God's time. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now, there was something happening. And we read here that sentence, while they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that his kingdom will appear at any time immediately. Can you understand the expectation? Everybody wanted to be there when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here. I do announce the kingdom of God. Of course he preached of the kingdom of God very clearly. In Mark we read it clearly. And he preached the kingdom of, of God is at hand. Repent. And we see here very clearly that the kingdom of God was at hand. And Jesus wanted people to repent of the sin. The only thing in order to be, get ready for the kingdom of God is not that kingdom now teaching is nothing else but repent of your sin and come to Jesus and be born again by the Spirit of God then you're ready for the kingdom of God Amen Hallelujah and then we do not care whenever it comes it could come at any time and Jesus will come very soon too now, the atmosphere was full of hope there. And Bartimaeus, the blind man who got healed in Jericho, he called out the name of Jesus, the messianic name, and he called him, Son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody heard it. And that word, Son of David, was very clearly in the thinking of the Jews, their king they will come and set up the kingdom of God. Couldn't Jesus be fast? That's what they thought. But interesting, Jesus teaches often 
in a parable. A parable is not there for there in order make, to make things harder to understand. It makes things to understand even easier for those who there, whose mind has been opened for the word of God. Now we read here very clearly. Let me read verse 11 and 12 again. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. And he said a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then returned. In other words, and he speaks here of a nobleman, he went into a country and he was supposed to get in the distant country that okay to be a king over a certain area. Now, it's very interesting. We're going to um, investigate what happened. Matthew chapter 2, verse 22. There's a verse, and think of this. And it was when Joseph came back with, with the child Jesus from Egypt, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over, Jeru over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So here's a reason why there was a somebody now ruling over Judea and was the son of Herod. Now, the history of this, how did he come on the throne? This so-called man, you know, Archelaus, he was the son of Herod. Now, he went to Rome. He went to Rome in order to get that okay from Caesar that Caesar would announce him the king over Judea. And that's why he came into the picture in Matthew chapter 2, verse 22. Now, when he went up to Rome, and we know and history tells us, that there was also a, a delegation of some Judean rulers. They went up to Caesar as well. And they said, don't do it, don't do it. Because they wanted Caesar to um, totally annihilate the kingdom of Israel. Now we want to be under the rule of Rome, that's what he said. Now Caesar only gave him the right to rule, not to become a king. And now on this background of the history, Jesus tells the story here in this parable. A noble man went, went into a distant country in order to get a kingdom. What is somebody doing in a distant country to get a kingdom? Isn't he supposed to be in that place where he was supposed to become king over people? Now, and that leads on this story of Achilles. He went to Rome. And history tells us after ten years, because obviously he was not very, a very good ruler, after ten years, he was, uh, his office was taken and he was disregarded. He lost everything. Now Jesus speaks about here a noble man. Now who could it, could it be? We understand parables can't be explained in every detail. There's a main thing, a main theme in a parable. And the main theme is this. A noble man went somewhere into a distant country in order to receive his 
kingdom. Now Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. Amen? Hallelujah. He is not a prophet of the Muslims as we read yesterday in the city. Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And the Muslims that also stand there. You know, Muslims are not evangelizing. Don't say, oh, they're Muslim, Muslim evangelists. Don't believe it. What are they evangelizing? They might perhaps try to get people to win to believe in Islam and in the Quran. Evangelizing only can do the one who has a gospel and that's been called the Evangelium. And the gospel is called good news. Amen? Only good news bearers can evangelize. Not the others. The others might try to win somebody. But Islam has got no good news. Islam has got no gospel. That's why they don't have Jesus. Or they say Jesus is a beloved prophet of the Quran. They might be once I talk to somebody and um, I ask this uh, lady, I think it was a lady. Oh, we have Jesus also in the Quran. So I asked him, was Muhammad without sin? Oh, no, no, no. Jesus was without sin, and I tell you what, I'd rather follow him who was without sin. Anybody here who wants to follow the one without sin, let me see your hand. I do follow him. Without sin, a noble man. And Jesus was here before the doors of Jerusalem, where actually everything should happen in order to establish the new kingdom of God. He was not a king as yet. The kingdom or to be a king was offered once before to Jesus. Do you know the Bible in John chapter 6 verse 15 when Jesus um, uh, fed the thousands and then afterwards they came with force and let's read there John 6 15. So Jesus perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king. He withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Jesus doesn't need anyone to make him king. And he is going to be king one day when he comes back from the distant country. Where is Jesus gone to? He went to his Father, into heaven, and the day is going to come where he is going to come from heaven. Amen? And then he will be the King of kings and Lord of lords. He had the chance once there in the wilderness when he fed the 5,000 people. And Jesus withdrew said, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want the kingdom with you. And I preached once why Jesus didn't go and didn't take this offer to become king. Because Israel was not ready. The Jews were not ready. And Jesus himself was not ready then. First, something had to happen. What was that? What was the plan of God? Salvation for all men. Jesus had to go to the cross in order to pay the price for the sin of all people. And now, this was the second time where Jesus came so close to become king. And that was the atmosphere when they were walking on the road to Jerusalem. The atmosphere was perhaps Jesus might become king now. And immediately, very soon, the kingdom of God will be announced and Jesus will be king. 
There was the atmosphere of expect, acceptation, expectation. And Jesus, a few days later, a few days later, he announced and he confessed very clearly to Pilate. John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus answers, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Jesus said very clearly, the kingdom I am a king of is, is different. It's not what you think. Remember, no highly engaged servant of the Lord either a pastor, prophet, or even the new breed of apostles, as is being proclaimed often by these kingdom now people, will set up the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will come when Jesus comes. Amen. Hallelujah. No fancy kingdom now or any twisted dominionism teaching will set up the kingdom of God on this earth. Amen? Don't believe all those preachers. Don't believe these people. They're connivers. All they want is your money. Don't believe them. Believe what Jesus said. The kingdom is going to be received where in a distant country Jesus went to heaven and he said, I'm going to come back. And the Bible speaks about And we can read in Revelation chapter 19 where Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And he is coming from the distant country and he received power and authority. Hallelujah. Not even Rick Warren's global peace plan endeavor will do the trick with all his book, purpose-driven life and things like that. He will not achieve this. When the King of Kings comes, then the Kingdom of God will be there. And that's what Jesus said. He wanted to teach them because He sensed very clearly people were almost nervous. We're coming now close to the city of David and it, it could be any time that Jesus stands in the front of all the people said, Here am I the king of Israel. Now we know the story. Jesus said very clearly to uh, Pilate, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. Where does that kingdom come from? Anybody here who could tell me how many have to vote for Jesus or King Jesus Is it our task as Christians to make a Christian party and have Jesus King as the party man? The one. Is it our task? No way. You go and preach the gospel in Melbourne, wherever you are. Preach the gospel that Jesus Christ is Savior and that He is the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Now this noble man went into a distant country to get his kingdom. Now after Jesus accomplished salvation on the cross and after he rose again, listen that, in Matthew 28 verse 18, Jesus said a wonderful word. Hallelujah. And I want you to say hallelujah if you believe what Jesus said. Now listen. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on. Hallelujah. Where are you? Where are you? Hallelujah. My wife said Okay, again. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? That's what Jesus said. Now, where did he get this power and authority from? 
anybody here who knows that you read the Bible, don't, don't you? Yeah, what, what did you find out? Where did you get the authority from? From the Father, hallelujah. From the Father. He gave him all authority. And even more, I tell you, he said to his disciples, be not afraid, you little flock, you know. Because it is the Father's what? The Father's pleasure to give you what? The kingdom of God. Amen. That means you and I. Jesus, you and I. We will be in that kingdom. Amen. Anybody else who wants to be in the kingdom? I want to be in that kingdom because Jesus is the king then. Hallelujah. And he rules in righteousness. In righteousness. Hallelujah. There's nothing like that that like uh, Tony Abbott was challenged by Malcolm, you know. Nobody will challenge Jesus there. Nobody can challenge Jesus. He is the King of Kings. He is my Lord. What is He to you? What is it to you? Can I hear it? My Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Of course, Jesus died on the cross. He died in mockery under the name as Inri. Do you know what it means that what was written on the cross over his head? Inri. I-N-R-I. That was written in Latin and that means Jesus Nazarenus Rex Eudiorum. And in English, plain English, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. That was the title under which He died and bought your salvation, my salvation. The King of Kings. Hallelujah. I get excited when I preach about this more and more. In John 99, it says, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. And when He returns, Hallelujah. He will come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Revelation, get your Bible, verse nine, chapter nine, verse sixteen. And on the rope and on his side, he has a name written. What is written on him? Anybody knows it here? Have you read the Bible? What is written on him? There's something written on him. He is coming back, Peter. And something is written on him. What is written there? No, no, no. Yeah, that's a, here's the word of God. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was written on his robe and on his side. He is the king of kings. Now this noble man, is Jesus a noble man? He never sinned. And he never did anything little tiny bit wrong. He could stand before you if he would be there in the city and you ask, are you a good person? Have you done this? Have you done this? Jesus could say, I never did anything wrong. Hallelujah. And you could save your money with Jesus there. Hallelujah. Jesus, the nobleman, he went to a far distance. Is heaven far? In one way, yes. But where Jesus is, there is heaven. And heaven is also this morning here because Jesus is here. He went into a far distance or in a distant country in order to get what? A kingdom. And he's got it. Hallelujah. Now before this nobleman left, he called ten of his servants and gave each servant a mina. A mina is a piece of uh, money, or was then a piece of money, about equal to about 100 days. And then he gave them this money and said, do business with this until I come back. Do business. 
and she expected them to do something. There was no greater privilege between one and the other. All we spend, how much do we get? One minute. And compared to Matthew chapter 15, there was another story. And we see here, each one got the same amount. So there is no jealousy among these ten servants. There is no jealousy <coughs> amongst the church. Amen? Hallelujah. We all are being saved by the same grace. Say that the grace you got has the same value, the grace I have been saved by. Amen? Hallelujah. We are all saved by grace. And it's all for free for us. Now the nobleman, yet also enemy. Don't you realize that? Jesus had enemies. And there's still enemies of Jesus. You should listen to my dear brother preaching next time you should come next Sunday when he preaches are you not there next Sunday oh sorry but you should listen to the other preacher the preachers to the and when they preach the word of God they have often often what do you call them Edward? they have people ah and they speak in between and and uh, they want to get him quiet or whatever. But uh, I heard him almost, I heard him once say, God send us out from Hegel. You know what they do? If there's a Hegel coming against him, you know what they do, what it does? People stop and leave. They want to do, no, what's going on here? And they stop. So, whoever Hegel is good, you know? They come and listen. What's going on here? And then he overcomes and preaches the gospel. All the others will overcome and preach the gospel. At least it attracted people. And that's good. Amen. Now these enemies, they sent actually a group of people in order to tell the nobleman who was on his way to get a kingdom. We don't want you to be king over us or to reign over us. That's what the world is doing. That's what the, the devil is putting in the hearts of people. We don't want Jesus. Simple as that. And it's sometimes not easy you want to bring them the good news, the joy of the Lord. And he says, I don't want it. But sometimes it needs a lot of prayer, a lot of faith. And when the others are preaching on next Sunday, show or set or call. And these are all preachers. You should see them on the street. They are keen to preach the word of God. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for that. Whenever somebody says, I don't want it, don't be dismayed. Jesus had them too. We don't want you. We don't want you. These became his enemies. And they're still. Not a nobleman. He returned. How Jesus is going to return. Amen. And no enemy against Jesus could influence the Heavenly Father to stop Jesus. 
ویدکی اس دوست که ون تو روم ون ان اکیلیس ون هی واس آسکن دیسیزر تو بیکام کین The enemies of Achilles, they said, don't do it, don't do it. And Caesar listened to it and just gave him authority to rule, but not to get the title king. No enemy can influence the heavenly father that Jesus would not become king of kings. Amen. I must say, as Luther said it once, when he went to Worms in order to preach in front of all the enemies of the gospel, and even if there would be as many devils in Worms as there roof tiles on the houses in Rome, in Worms, I'm still going. I'm still going. And he preached and declared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nobody can hinder Jesus. Amen? Nobody can hinder Jesus. Now there is going to be on the return of this noble man a day of accounting for the servant. As the Bible says very clearly, that we all have to give a report. And listen to what uh, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And so, let me read it, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. that each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work every Christian who believes in Jesus Christ also has to stand before Jesus one day did you know that? and that God wants a report of your life as you live as a Christian. That's why it's important that we live in holiness before the Lord. Amen? You can't live like in the world and do all the worldly stuff with your kids and all that stuff that's done right before God and then reckon, oh, one day I go to heaven. No! Even your works one day will be tested by fire. And only that which is gold and silver will stand the fiery test. When I was uh, a few weeks ago with uh, Dr. Martin Erdman in Ballarat. Yeah. I, I went with him. He had a few days off. And he, have anybody been in Ballarat in the Sovereign Hill? Yes? Have you ever seen the, the gold melting there? So, I wanted to know something. And I asked the man in charge, does the gold, you know, by melting and then cooling off and melting again, cooling up, they do it hundreds of times in a year. Does the gold somehow diminish in weight? Does anything get loose during the process of heating and heating up and then cooling down, heating up and, and make it uh, running? No. You know what? Anything that is of gold will not lose its value nor its weight. Amen. Hallelujah. If your faith and your walk with Jesus is like gold, no matter what sort of tribulation and hardships you went through, it doesn't matter. Your gold has still the same value. Amen. Hallelujah. And I said, oh, I learned something about gold now. I learned. Did you know that? 
gold doesn't lose its value nor its weight. On that day when your life and your face was like gold, being put into the scale of God, if it was used as term, it will have the same value. Hallelujah. And it will not diminish. It will not be many tackles you foresee. You know, you understand. You read the Bible, that's why you understand what I'm saying. Many, many tackles you foresee. What does it mean in English? Yes. Being weighed on a scale and found wanting. Wanting. My life, if I am with Jesus and Jesus lives within me, it will not lose anything. Now it says here, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive reward. But if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. That means just, 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 just. No reward. Don't expect any reward if you lift like a worldly person and call yourself Christian. Don't expect any reward. There are none. But if you walk with Jesus and wear out a testimony for the Lord. You will get rewards. Now what happened to these servants? One came and said, Lord, I got one minute and one minute. Make me ten minutes. And you said, Oh, you good and faithful servant. You were faithful over little. Over little. And you shall be what? Receive authority over ten. Hallelujah. And you know what it means in the kingdom of God. We will rule with Him. Hallelujah. If you suffer with Him here, we will rule with Him one day. And you will rule with Him one day too. Now what else? And then the next one came. And he had, he said, Lord, you mina gave me five others. And he said, you will be set, or you will be having authority over five cities. And then there came the one and said, all I received from you is here. I had it in my handkerchief. And I always wore it on me. I didn't want to lose. You know what it is? These are the Christians who fill the pews in the churches and never ever show any fruit of the Spirit in their life. Nor can you see anything in their life working for Jesus. Never ever testified. Never ever brought a soul to Jesus. Now what happened to them, Jesus? This man said, oh, thank you very much. At least I didn't lose it. No, 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 you are a hard man. You know what I found out here in the conversation between the one who had his, his pee in a handkerchief? Took it out. You are a hard man. His relationship to his nobleman was not right. Our relationship to Jesus is not Jesus. You're a hard man. I know. You will pick up something you never put down. And you will harvest where you never sow anything. No, no, no. And Jesus said, out of your mouth, I will judge you. I will judge you. And he had this minna here. And he said to people who were standing around, Here, come on. Come on, take this minna and give this one to the one who won ten. Oh no, no Lord, he has got ten already. That means now he has got eleven. He didn't do anything for it. 
if your relationship to Jesus is not based on love, forget about to work for Jesus. Forget about. I know you're a hard man. Jesus is not a hard man. He is the King of kings. Hallelujah. My Savior. And He gave His life for me and for you. And then, the last thing. That day when He comes as a King. Listen. There will be also a day of reckoning and judgment. A day of reckoning and judgment. There were not a group of people in relation to this nobleman. Who were they? Who were they? I counted three already. The one with ten minas, the one with five minas, and the one with nothing. And there were some people as well. Did you listen to the parable? Read it through at home again. There were a group of enemies. They didn't want him to become king. They didn't want him to become king. They sent somebody after him and said, Well, listen, we don't want you to rule over us. Don't bother about becoming king. These are my words. They wanted to discourage Jesus perhaps. Now, what happened to them? For them, it will be a day of reckoning. And a day of judgment. Now listen, all you people who say, don't judge. Jesus will judge. Jesus will judge. Have you heard all this nonsense? You know, people say, don't judge, don't judge. Let them do what they want. Let them live in the world and sin. Let them do all this stuff, you know, with their kids, taking them to the movies and stuff like that, and introduce them into the world. Don't judge, Pastor. Don't judge. I'm not judging. Jesus is going to judge. One day, very clearly. Jesus goes, what did Jesus say to these? And I have to finish now. And all you enemies, bring them before me. I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. Lord, are you so cool? Are you so cruel? Bring them before me, those who said we don't want you to, to rule over us. Bring them before you. And what? Verse 27. Who can read it? 27, chapter 19, Luke. Yes? Can somebody read it? Have you got your Bible there? Yeah. Sister Rona, you can read it. Yes. Verse. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, bring them before me and slay them before me in my presence. Is that Jesus like? Pastor Gary, you have studied. Is that Jesus like? Yes. Is that Jesus like? Slay them before me? Yes. Now listen to this. And Revelation 6, 16 and 17. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall upon us and hide us from the presence of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the world. Now I want you to read it. Is it there? And from the wrath of the world. The lamb, I think the lamb is so nice and cute and cuddly. Isn't Jesus nice and cuddly? Is there nothing like that like Jesus? Jesus has wrath as well. And he said, 
for the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to what? Who is able to stand? That belongs to the gospel preaching too. You might say, Pastor Werner, there was nothing of love and stuff. That's all love. That's all love. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. That day is going to come and you Christians, your life will also be examined by fire. And that all your works might burn up. But the Bible says, but he himself will be saved as through fire. There's no reward, no reward. There's nothing, nothing. This nobleman is Jesus. I, I know I haven't preached everything all the way through in all, all the depth. We could be till, till tonight here. But I think you want to have a barbecue. But I tell you what, the gospel of Jesus is true. Hallelujah. He is coming soon. He is coming soon. He is coming and He brings His kingdom with Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we do thank You. And we praise Your wonderful name. Lord, from this parable we learned so much. Lord, and your kingdom is going to come. It's going to come. No one can hold it up. No one can, can speed it up. We're waiting for you, Lord, and during the time we're here on earth, we want to be faithful unto you, Lord Jesus, and show you that we do love you, Lord Jesus. And we do appreciate everything you have given us. And we want to work with it, Lord Jesus, as long as it is day. I thank you. Lord, this word prepare and keep in everybody's heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.